Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. You've made it for us to rejoice and be glad in. We're glad, Father. We're glad for you. We're glad for your your uh, peace. We're glad for your knowledge and understanding. We're glad for your presence, Lord. Without it, we have no companion. We'd be lonely and lost for sure. So we thank you, Lord, for your holy presence in this place. Let it permeate every inch of this building, every inch of every heart and every mind. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen and amen again. Praise God. Uh, yesterday we went over some uh, important, I think, information on faith. And um, uh, we've been teaching faith and healing ever since 2020. Amen. So that's what the Lord instructed us to do. And, uh, you know, when God tells me to do something, I don't try to find something else. I'm just thankful to have a plan. You know what I'm saying? So I don't get all creative and stuff. And maybe we need to talk about this. No, we just keep talking what God says to talk. Amen. I don't know, since what, 2015, we've been on Amos 913, and that's been working. So I'm, I'm of the mind that sometimes you don't need to try to think of so much new stuff. <clears throat> Amen. Just go with what's working. And work that till you can't work it no more. <laughs> but we know the word always works. Amen. So that's the season we're in now. And I can see why. I can see that this quote unquote pandemic uh, maybe here at man's discretion as long as it's here. You know what I'm saying? You, you just don't know uh, where these things are coming from, but God has an answer. Amen. Uh, it is health and wholeness for his people. That never changes. And so we have to cling to God's word as never before. But as we're speaking about healing in what I say, John chapter four. Yeah. In verse 40. <clears throat> We'll start at the beginning. Uh, I'll re rehash some of it for those who weren't here and didn't listen to the tape yesterday, even though it's available. Not throwing no shade. If you feel a little, that's on you. I ain't throwing that. You understand what I'm saying? It's called conviction of the Holy Ghost. It ain't shade at all. Amen. So... <laughs> Yeah, we make these things readily available, but you got to dig for them. And you don't have to dig far. Just answer your phone. You know what I'm saying? My goodness. <laughs> Hoo-wee. <laughs> I'm not God. <laughs> I'm glad, and I know you glad too, right? <laughs> His brother Hagen said, I know if I was a, if God told me to say it, I was about to anoint myself. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, yesterday as we were speaking uh, about this particular account of a man's son who was healed by faith in Jesus' word, that's really uh, what this is about how we must believe his word. We got to take him at his word uh, because we can't always get things the way we want them to be in order to see God move. And so I think everybody has something in their minds already for how when you pray, you just have your imagination will, you know, begin to, to come up with pictures of what that's going to look like, what the answer to prayer is going to look like. 
And many times, uh, you know, Jesus just cannot accommodate us that way or he chooses not to. It's not that he doesn't want us to have what we desire, but his ways are not our ways. And this is what we have to remember. Some of the ways of God are very unique and unusual. For instance, um, that's putting spit, making clay out of spit and, and earth and putting on a man's eyes. And he walks, he tells him to wash, go over to the pool and wash his eyes and come back seeing. Amen. And so that that action was something that had to be done in order to get that healing. And so many times, you know, if you if you you know seek God for for answers, He'll give them to you. And the Lord told me, He said, "Well, that's just recreating what I did in creation." He said, "That's a creative." He said, "You all are always talking about you need a creative miracle." He said, "But you won't let me recreate." See, see, our spirits still have understanding of certain things, even though we may not have experienced them. You ever wonder how sometimes things that God will say to you and you read in the Bible, they seem familiar to you. It's like it just settles in on you. It's because that ain't the first time your spirit heard it. Huh? See, your spirit was, was there in, in, in creation. It has an imprint that was handed down through Adam and Eve to all generations. The things that God did while Adam was in the garden. Amen. And, and some of the things that, that we experience, you know, like, um, uh, scientists will call it instinct, right? That's an imprint. Amen. That's a stamp. And of, of God's creation in a person that causes the person to get up. Amen. When people seek, uh, uh, a, a, <laughs> you don't even know how to say stuff like this now. Um, uh, somebody to marry, a mate. What they're doing is they hear something in them that says, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. Amen. But find a husband or wife first. He said that to two married people, y'all. Some people only hear to be fruitful, multiply, replenish. They don't know God's spoken that to two people, married, husband, wife. It don't work any other way. That's why we got a tranny problem now. Yeah, I said it. So sue me. Got a bunch of confused people. Little boys raised by the mama only and don't know what a man's supposed to act like. How would they know? They never really seen one up close like they're supposed to. You're supposed to imitate both parents. They only got one to imitate. What do you expect to happen? I don't want to be messed with today, devil. I just have had enough of this gender nonsense and giving young girls mastectomies when grown women are praying for their breasts not to be cut off because they got cancer. 
Now, when in the world does that ever make sense? I'm going to refresh myself a little bit. <laughs> My little hand. You understand what I'm saying? Christians, we got to stay clear on stuff. You can't get confused with the world. You can't start sympathizing with them, and you can't start trying to understand them. Just say, honey, I don't understand that, but I sure will be praying for you. Because God has something totally different to say to you. And I'm going to pray he, he says it to you, and you understand it, and understand who you really are. Amen. So, anywho. So, anyway, we were, where were we? It was down the road with, in Capernaum. Amen. And talking about faith. Amen. So in John chapter 4, starting in verse 43, it says, Now after two days, Jesus departed from there and went to Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. And the Bible also says, among his own kin people. Amen. Your your family, your brothers and sisters will be the last ones to recognize that you're a prophet of God. Amen. They go they go keep looking and trying to figure you out. Nah, she not come on now. You you know who you are. You my sister. You ain't never been smart about that kind of stuff, you know. Huh? They'd be the last ones sometime to jump on your train. Amen. But once God convinces them, they're usually all in. So, but they're a little hard to convince. Them. And you can understand why. They know you. You know what I'm saying? So you got to find people that don't know you. To, to, and God will have plenty of those in your life. And he says, and when he was coming to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast. For they also went to the feast. So these people were there when he did his first miracle, turning the water into wine. Amen. The Bible says that that was where his disciples began to believe on him. Not just the 12 that he called, but he had lots of disciples because people would follow him, listen to his teaching. They wanted to hear more about this kingdom that he talked about. And so they were, these people had, you know, they were second time crowd. And so they were excited about seeing him and, and Jesus begins to understand why. We talked about this yesterday, how many times in a crowd of people, not everybody is there for the same reason. Sometimes in a crowd, people can just be there for the excitement of saying they were, went to so-and-so's meeting. You know how that goes. You have people, did you go to so-and-so? Oh, I was there. You know, what'd you learn? Well, you know, um, they just want to be in the crowd. Amen. They don't even know why they're going. It's just somebody they see on TV and they might be able to see them close up. Amen. So they try to stay in the same hotel they stay in. That's why a lot of times people don't, don't even stay in the same hotel where the meeting is. Or if they have to stay there, they'll register under a different name. 
you know, so you don't, you can't go to the desk and say, where's so-and-so, what room are they in, amen? So you got all kinds of ways of protecting themselves from the crowd. Jesus didn't have to do that. He was a master of crowd control. He was Lord of everything. So he was never afraid of a big crowd of people, but he knew how to minister to them by the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus came again to Cana, Galilee, where he had made the water wine, and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. So we know that Capernaum is about a day's walk from uh, Cana, and, and that's about 16 miles. Amen. So 16 miles is like from here to to a long way from, <laughs> back to my house, I guess, you know. You had to get a hump in your back to, to do that, but it would take them a day to get there. And so he, when he talked to Jesus, he says, when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son. So this man has faith for Jesus to take a whole day to walk back home to where the sun is. Amen. That's where his faith is. And so uh, Jesus hears him and hears his request. Jesus then said to him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. So he's reading that this man has faith. For the visible, not the invisible. And guess what? Faith for the visible is not going to work in this case. You got me? Because Jesus knows the condition of his son, and he knows that boy is not going to last for another day. See, everything God does, he does for a good reason. He's just not trying to stretch this guy's faith out of shape and cause him to be uncomfortable and uh, giving him a hard time, you know. And and we need to get that out of our minds because that's kind of how we, a lot of us, think sometimes, you know. is like if we can't think of a good reason why we got to wait, then there's no reason. You understand what I'm saying, you know. God, I don't, you know, I don't know what you talking about. I, you know, that kind of stuff. And so oftentimes your mind will play tricks with you. You get kind of get the impression that God is just waiting for nothing. You know, uh, God, what's wrong? How come this, you know, what's it, what am I doing wrong? Why is it taking so long? You know, the litany we go through. And, and we go through that because somewhere inside of us, we got this kooky idea about God. And why time? Why wait? Why this? There could not be a good reason for why I got to wait 25 years to get a decent ring out of my husband. I'm going to hold that brother up. Oh, no offense. (laughs) Brother Reggie, you better be with me today. Huh? (laughs) Amen. Because we know you got it somewhere. And if you ain't got it, you will be able to get it. We pray for your abilities all the time. Don't tell me what you can't do. You can do all things. And all the men said all things. There you go. <laughs> See how easy that was? <laughs> Praise God. 
<clears throat> but, but, you know, that's really somehow your mind will start kind of messing you around a little bit with, with God's motives not being what they should be because you have to wait on something. Amen. And so we, we have to be careful about that and, and that kind of stuff needs to be worked out. You know, we need to come to the conclusion that God loves us. Our, our blessing is on schedule. He heard us when we prayed. I receive, I believe I received it when I prayed and it's on schedule. And so we, we have to clear up. God has to clear up false thinking sometimes, right? In, in the process of giving you your miracle, he's got to clean us up some so that our perception, see, it's so much more important to God that we walk in truth than we have stuff. But he knows the only way he can get us to seek truth is for us to need stuff and to ask him for stuff. And so that's the process that has to go on. So while we're believing God for something, some blessing, something we really, really need, he's also working on us. He's clearing up misconceptions we have about him, about faith, about uh, life, about all things, about whether or not God uh, has a dual purpose in something that goes on in our lives. Because mostly we don't want to think that God's up to something bigger than what we are after when we're praying our little prayers. All we're looking at is our little four corners and, and what we need and and what we got to have right away or or we don't know what's going to happen. Amen. I got news for you. You're going to still be there. Amen. <laughs> you haven't blown up, disintegrated or evaporated in all these years. You ain't going nowhere. Amen. And so we got to understand that when God, when we set out to use the faith of God, he is in charge of his own faith. Once we believe him, once we ask him for some, when this man went up to Jesus and asked him to come and heal his son because he's at the point of death, Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. So this puts him in a different position than he was when he came up there. When he came up there, what was he thinking? This is going to be smooth. I'm going to ask this man. I've seen him go to other people's houses all the time. It's not a problem for him. So he's going to turn around and come back with me and go to my house and heal my son. And when he talks to Jesus and makes his request, he figures out, hmm, not as easy as I thought. Maybe it's not going to go the way I played it out in my mind. How many of us have been there? I need this payment by Friday. And then it's two weeks later and it still ain't there. But guess what? You're still here. God's still on the throne. Amen. So the important elements are still working. Amen. Time is of no consequence. You know, God can just manipulate time. He can flip it around. He can turn it back. He can hold a sundial in place. Amen. For a whole day if he wants to. So time is the easiest thing for God to deal with. So don't try to rush him because you all impatient. Don't tell God nothing about time because you might have to do some. You got me? And so when we understand that God is doing more, so you got to understand God's doing more. What we really need to do one day is get smart and cut to the chase and say, okay, God, what is it we working on here? What's we really working on here? I see my need. I see you. I know you can do it. You told me you've already done it. What's the issue? 
just cut to the chase and, and let me put me on the potter's wheel or whatever, you know. <laughs> we used to talk about that. We don't talk about that no more because we never come off, <laughs> most of us. Amen. And so Jesus challenges him instead of walking by sight to walk by faith. See, in his mind, this is what God's trying to get at. This understanding that you have in your mind already built up of how it's going to go. See, that's sight. That's something you thought of. That's something that didn't come out the Bible. That came out of your carnal brain. Because he's thinking to himself, oh, if I could just get to Jesus and I'll just dump this problem over in his lap. Which we do, it's not a problem for him, for us to come to him dumping. You understand what I'm saying? And so, he, 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 it, but, but what Jesus is trying to say here is the way you want it done is not gonna help you. It's not gonna, it's not gonna fix this. Amen? This is not what you're gonna need. And the primary reason Jesus does it is because he knows that boy is not going to be alive if if he's operating in agreement with what this father wants. Because when did that boy get better? Okay, we'll get to that. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We'll get to it. Amen. So Jesus knows that he's got to let make this man grab on to faith for now. See, this is a picture of why God demands that we believe we receive when we pray. Because if you're waiting until you see it, you may not get there. I'm going to say it again. If you're waiting until you see something, you may not get there. That's why you got to latch on to it while it's invisible. Before you can even see anything, you got to believe you have this thing right now or you may not get there. There are a lot of people on cancer wards who are believers waiting for God. Well, God's going to heal me in his good time. And I don't know why he didn't heal me yet, but he's going to. And they, we have the home going. You know, you know fry up some wings and get the funeral potatoes out. You understand? Because they're waiting to see something before they believe. Even though it sounds like faith, if they're not saying they have it now, that it won't, they don't have anything holding them in that hit, that promise until it really manifests, until the rest of it manifests. They have nothing holding them. Your faith holds you for the rest of the manifestation. Amen? If you're waiting for the car salesman to, to tell you they approved your credit before you believe you got a car, you may not get one. Because these sinners like jacking Christians around if they can. That's why God tells us when you pray, believe you have it already, and then you'll see it. When will I see it? After you believe you have it already, and not before. And see, this man is wanting desperately for his son to be healed, but his faith is off off on the wrong. It's off the rails. It it can't even be detected. 
because he's asking Jesus to do something that's not going to help him in this situation. Amen? And so he tells him, except you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. In other words, Jesus is saying, you want me to come there, lay hands on him, and then you can see all you want to do all of this in the natural. He said, and it's not going to work that way. The natural will all not will not always work to affect your healing, your your prosperity, your anything. It won't always get you the answer. In fact, it won't get it for you from heaven. You gotta believe this stuff in the now. You gotta believe you have it before you have anything. Amen. And so Jesus then moves this man's faith. He moves it off of seeing to believe onto believing before you see it. That's all he's doing with this guy. He's doing the same thing he tells us to do in Mark eleven twenty three. Have faith in God. God's faith deals with the invisible and it calls things that be not as though they are. So God sees us all healed. He sees us all. He sees your family saved and you keep saying they'll never get saved. Because you sit up and listen to the devil. And the devil will show you enough stuff in the natural to convince you, oh boy, look at what they're doing now. They're over there in them drugs and over there in this, this and that. <laughs> See, that's why you can't receive the things of the kingdom in the natural realm. You gotta receive them by the spirit. Once you receive things in your spirit, it's a done deal. It's not done until you receive it in your spirit. I don't care how good it looks in the natural. Amen. You can get so-and-so to come to church with you and they'll tell you they praying and they doing this and doing that and then you find out when when they have a real uh altar call at your church and they start weeping and crying and then they confess they ain't really saved yeah i just did a mercy thing right there so you can't go by what you see people are not here to perform to please us you got me and we're not here to judge people on their behavior Thank God God don't judge us on our behavior. Amen. We be a screaming, you know, oh Lord, please. Even we go in your James Brown thing real quick. Amen. Just pleading and begging. And so we've gotta, gotta let God be the author and the finisher of our faith. This is what Jesus' job is. As, as, as well as bringing to you the things that you desire, he is also adjusting our faith. He's developing our faith. He's completing our faith. Hello? So there's more at stake here than your little stuff you want so bad. Amen? Because the things of this world perish with the using. In other words, you begging God to pay that bill this week, wait till next week, baby. Huh? It's going to be two bill, man. Yeah. Then next week after that tree bill, man, they keep piling up. And so he's got to do something with your faith to keep you from losing your mind because your bills ain't getting paid as fast as you want them to. Well, there's some of you who live in, in golden clouds somewhere, but I sure don't. I got to pay bills. I got to write out checks. I got to. You know, do everything. And sometimes it's there, sometimes it ain't. Amen? I was shocked. I looked up. I was on a spending spree, and I looked up, and I was almost overdrawn. 
You understand what I'm saying? You just, you know, you can be going merrily along and say, this is, this is really nice, Lord. I mean, you know, no sweat, no tears, no nothing. Amen. You know, and, in, 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 to be honest with you, if it had not been for the fact that my check was stolen, I would have been overdrawn. Now, how's that for fixing you, your stuff? Well, God, he don't steal checks. I didn't say God stole that check. I said, that's how I found out I was overdrawn. You got me? And I thank God. I mean, you know, what's a check fee? What's a, but it messes up your, your whole bookkeeping. You see, it's, it was an alert to me that I got to watch things. You understand? You be more diligent in observing what's going on. Amen. And, and be responsible. So, you know, so you snatch yourself back and say, Oh, oh I don't have hot and cold running water. I mean, you know, running money. I've got to, I got to be diligent here, God. I got to watch and I got to be responsible. And so, so I just say that to say that Jesus is doing more than just answering our prayers. You know, we got to understand that. This is a given. This is something. And see, if you're only mindful of your need and getting it, you'll miss the whole thing. So he has to draw our attention to our need for him to come in and adjust some things. We need to, we need to be able to, and I know I do, I want to be able to get a healing quickly. I don't want to have the things drag out forever. I want to be able to, to, to see the things of God manifest in my life without a big struggle. We all want that. But see, when he starts working our faith and helping us to get to that place, we don't like that so much. See, we want to see our stuff right away. And, and he's telling us, he's got to adjust some things in us. Add to your faith. There's about seven things on that list. That have to be added to our faith. Amen. Number one is virtue. Are you a wimp or are you going to stand up? Amen. And he said, I'm standing on the word. Next thing you know, you're over the corner. <laughs> I don't know, God, if you don't do this, I don't know if you'll come through. Oh, Lord, come through, come through, come through. Oh, I ain't going to need another thing until you come through, come through. That reminds me of Fran. Remember the nanny? Remember her mother? Fran Drescher, she would go in the refrigerator and say, I don't know, I'm just so, I can't, I've lost my appetite. And she'd go in there and get a tub of butter and start, Ma, that's the butter. Okay, just finish up the tub of butter, you know. And that's how we do. We're so nervous, we don't know what we're doing when, when stuff jumps off. Amen. But God knows, he'll get you to the place of peace. He'll get you to understand, listen, you fighting the same old devil I helped you fight the last time. He's trying to steal to get your mind all messed up to see if you'll walk away from faith in me. Amen. It's always holding on to God, having the faith of God, being there with God 100% all the way. And so we, we, you know, we got to understand a little bit of what's going on. You know, you don't get over into that, into the weeds with it, but understand that Jesus is developing your faith. He's the author and finisher of your faith and he's a righteous God. I mean, he'll give it to you at the, at the, the, uh, due season. That's why that stipulation is on our prayers. In due season, you will reap if you don't faint. Amen. 
and I don't care if you done fainted already. Get up. <laughs> you were a little nerve over in the corner a minute ago. Amen. Not go eat for the rest of your life. I'm not going to eat until I get my prayers. Amen. God said, just go, go to McDonald's, you know, take, take that last five dollars you got. I used to say two dollars. You can't get nothing. You can't even drive through the drive through for two dollars. Amen. And so, so he just wants you to understand he's got it. Amen. He's got it. Don't worry about it. So, so, uh, Mark eleven twenty three tells us that we must believe we receive something when we pray. We turn there real quick because all of these things have to come together. You know, it, it all makes sense when you start thinking about what you're asking God to do and what it takes for him to do it. Uh, Peter, when they looked at the, there was a fig tree that Jesus spoke to the day before and told it not to produce fruit anymore. And verse 21, he says, Peter recalling that what he said to the uh, uh, fig tree, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering said to them, have faith in God. In other words, a human did not do that. You know, many times they looked at Jesus as a, a human just like them. And when he would do something spectacular, they said, what manner of man is this? Well, you said he was a Messiah 10 minutes ago. You know, you're a little confused. And he says, have faith in God. In other words, put your faith in God. Let your faith do what God wants to do, not what you want to do. See, this is the trouble with the guy over here in, in John chapter 4. He wants Jesus's faith to do do things the way he wants them to do. You can't do that. God's faith has to work God's way. When you pray, you already admit it. Your faith, your human faith is not going to get it. You don't have an answer. So you've got to turn things over to him. And once you turn it over to him, then we're on his program. You just, all you got to do is pay attention and hold on and keep believing. Amen. And, and that's our only job is to believe. Now you're going to have some challenges to your faith. There are going to be some thoughts that come up in your head that tell you it's not going to happen. There are going to be well-meaning saints who will tell you a testimony of failure. Amen. And so you got to understand that all of that has to be fought through so that your faith can come up to a higher level where it's resisted some natural things. If God let your faith stay uh, in the natural realm, it's never going to produce for you. It's never going to be the God kind of faith. So we might as well, and we're able to believe. You know, don't try to make like, I don't know how I'm going to ever believe that. I mean, I just, I'm doing the best I can. That's good. Keep whining and see what that's going to get you. He knows you got that faith in you. Because you're always bragging about the Abraham. I'm a daughter of Abraham. I, I got this. I got that. I got, I caught him things that be not as though they are. We'll start calling because you're going to need it, honey. You understand what I'm saying? See, this takes you beyond bragging in your confession to the reality of living with it. Amen. By the time you, your Abraham faith has worked for you, you're going to be 20 pounds lighter, 15 shades lighter. Amen. A little less hair. You got me? 
we go through, but we come through. Amen. It's not about what, what you come through looking like is what you got on the inside of you. Jesus wants to change our insides because he knows that, that once that faith starts working on, on in you and working what it's supposed to work, your life will change radically. You will not be the same person. Your life will take a, a drastic turn for the better. Amen. So, so he, this, Jesus tells this man, you got to believe you receive this now when I'm talking to you. That's what Mark 11:23 says. Have faith in God. Have have let let God have your believing. Let God have your faith and and turn it into his faith. That's really what it is. Amen. Because once you put your faith in God's word, then he begins to work on your behalf and you have let your faith go. It's out of your hands after that. See, you got to believe you receive it when you pray. That's, that's, that's putting your faith in God because it's already done as far as he's concerned. And as long as you believe that it's already done, it will manifest. It's going to show up in due season. So you just might as well sit back, relax, continue to worship God, continue to thank him for it, continue to keep your faith at a level where you don't go to worrying again and don't go to focusing on how long it's going to take, when it's going to happen, when you find yourself doing that's nothing but doubt. That doubt is going to rob you of your peace, your safety, and your comfort. Well, I can't help myself. Oh, yeah, you can. Amen. You can definitely help yourself. And it's not really about you helping yourself. It's about you doing what God tells you because he knows what's going to help you. Amen. So you don't have to come up with any fantastic ideas for how to keep yourself in faith. Amen. Just stay in the word. I don't care if you have a whole day of doubt and wringing your hands and pacing back and forth and looking at the phone to see who's calling you to help you. I don't care if that, but at the end of the day, when you go to bed at night, Jesus, I thank you. I have received it already. I believe I received it when I pray. And what went on today did not cancel that out. Is just part of the process. And so we have to go through the process of allowing our faith to be tested. And that's what this man is in for. He's in for a test of his faith. Amen. Everybody who got what they wanted from Jesus went through this process. We all have to go through it. It's not like, you know, you see maybe like the woman with the issue of blood and we say, oh, she, she said, all she said, she just said within herself about, well, she had to get to that place. You say a lot of stuff in yourself that don't happen. Huh? You want a lot of little magic stuff to happen in your life? You can say all you want to, but if God didn't put them words in you, he's not going to honor them. Then at the end of it, I thought I was going to hear something today. I thought it was going, I thought today was going to be the day. Well, that's okay. There's no harm in thinking that, but you can't come to those conclusions on your own. You have to get that from God. Once you get it from the Holy Ghost, then it's a done deal. But you can say all day, you know, I, I believe that, you know, I'm going to get it when I touch Jesus, him. Then you touch it, nothing happens. Amen. And so we've got to understand that there is a process to come to that conclusion. You need what they call a rhema from God, something that's spoken to you specifically for your situation. 
Amen. And it's good to hold on to the promises. You know, we, it, it, you know, by his stripes, I am healed. I was healed. Hold on to that. Meditate on that. Because there will come a day when that's going to manifest for real. All those symptoms are going to leave you. Amen. And you start thanking God. God, I know there's going to come a day where all these symptoms are going to leave me. You keep convincing yourself that the word is true. And that's how you preserve your faith. That's how you help your faith. And so here this guy is and he's talking to to Jesus and he tells him, you know, that he wants him to come down and pray for his boy. And Jesus says, unless you see something, you won't believe. So he's telling this man, I've got a better faith for you. I've got something else I want you to believe. And to be honest with you folks, believing for for the supernatural is just that easy. You exchange one for the other. It's an exchange. It's not something where you got to conjure up some answer on your own and work and work and work hard to get that in your brain so you'll believe it. It's just a matter of changing. Amen? Switching from one to the other one. So you can switch kingdoms. And that's all Jesus wants him to do. He said, come out of that kingdom, the temporary kingdom, that natural world that you live in, and come over into this supernatural world where everything works for you, everything's laid up for you, everything's because there's nothing stored up for you in the natural. You've lived there all your life. The natural is killing your son. It's messing up your family. It's going to be a disaster for you. So I'm offering you the chance to come out of that and come over into this. Amen? It's like when Israel was offered the promised land. He said a land flowing with milk and honey and all they could think was giants. Well, they God didn't tell them giants. They went and saw that. So they traded God's supernatural promise for the natural what they saw. You got to switch it back. The only two people that didn't believe what they saw was Caleb and Joshua. Joshua said, uh-uh, I'm believing God. I know better. I didn't watch Moses let y'all mess him up for years, and I'm not going there. Y'all ain't messing with me. Amen? That's the first thing Joshua told him. You know the first command he gave those people? Shut up. Huh? Am I telling the truth? You read the story of Jericho and see what he told him people. Amen? He told him, I'm running this. Y'all shut up. Because that's how you get in trouble, running your mouth too much about what you see and what you're scared of. Amen? So God wants you to put your fear away. And see, if the only way you can stay in faith is to shut up, then shut up. Amen? Just say, okay, God, I'm fasting. I'm fasting for, from speaking. You know, like they used to do. You, know, you had to take the key and put the key in your little pocket. That's what you do. Say, I ain't saying nothing. I'm just going to meditate on your word today. Amen? And let that be a lock on that. And so when Jesus tells him, he says, uh-uh. He said, it's not going to happen like that, bro. And he did not tell him why. See, that's what bugs most of us. We be trying to pick God's brain apart. How come I, how come, how come this, how come, how come, how come, how come, how come, how come? And that, that ain't tongues either. It just sounds funny. 
I wasn't asking you how come God, I was praying in tongues. No, you weren't. A liar. Huh? You know you was how coming. Amen. We want to know too much. If he told you why, you'd faint twice. You just fainted once so far. Just stay on your feet and let him guide you out of the mess that you're in. Amen. He wants to lead us out of where we are into something better. Amen. And using his faith. This is not our faith anymore. Amen. It's like, you know, if I were to borrow somebody's car, uh, first thing I want to know, how do I turn it on? How do I put it in gear? I know don't give me the owner's manual because it's just borrowed. And this really all God tells me, that's all we need to know about using the God kind of faith. That's all you need to know. How do I put it in gear? No, you don't need to. Uh, you ain't reversing. This car only goes forward. This ain't for scared people. You know, you want to know where the reverse is, where the brake. First thing you want to do is where the brakes is. So you slam on them when you get tired of believing. Huh? No, it only goes in forward. Huh? This is for them ride or die people. You know, this ain't for the fate at heart. You want something from God, you have to switch up a lot of things. Amen? But the most important is you switch over from natural faith to supernatural faith. You can't, nope, I don't want to know nothing. I don't, <laughs> what was his name? Schultz. I see nothing. You know? knew everything but he wasn't going to tell nobody nothing. That was his confession. Nothing. You know. He wasn't wasn't in it. Amen. I don't see nothing. God I'm living by faith. I'm trusting you. That's what he wants. He wants to see we trust him. Amen. Instead of watching every move he makes and you know it's like backseat driver sitting next to you. You know. Ugh. I hate it. I know a couple of times my husband let me drive him from the airport. I said, didn't you, didn't you just get up from a long plane ride? I'm tired. You know, cause I know what the deal is going to be. Get over there. I mean, you don't just get in there and drive. You understand what I'm saying? Let's quit playing this chauffeur game. Amen. And so this is what we do to God. We give him the, 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 the driver. We give him the gears. We give him the steering wheel. Amen. And then we take it back from it. Because we see stuff we want. But we see stuff. Don't look like we going the right way. Look like this is going to take too long if we go this way, God. That's our main complaint. It's time. So we want to take over and start driving them. Saying that, and God's not going to let you drive him nowhere. I don't care how good a driver you are. Everybody that had an accident. Amen. So he don't want to be a victim of your your bad driving. So he just lets you stew and, and act up until you decide he can do a better job than you can. It's called trust. That's when we trust him. When we know we're going to mess it up again and again and again if we don't make some changes. Amen. And he's always there to help us with the change. He is there to tell us exactly what we need to do. And to get where he wants us to get and where we asked him to take us. And when you prayed, you asked for all this. Amen. 
I was just saying, our Lord Jesus, well, this is how you prove your love to him. You let him drive. He don't need your help. Amen? Then he's not going to take it. <laughs> he's going to convince you he's a better driver. So when he tells this man, except you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. Amen? So that kind of challenges this guy. He's like, what does he mean? I got to see some, see signs and wonders. So Jesus, very often you'll see him cause people to question the way they're thinking and the way they're believing. And once that question comes in, he'll, he'll give you the answer. He won't leave you bewildered, you know, forever. And he says, the nobleman said to him again, Sir, come down. If you don't, my child will die. In other words, he's kind of trying to lock Jesus in. And what he's telling him, he says, my faith, that's the only thing I can believe you for. You understand? I can't really believe you any other way. It's like he's asking Jesus the same thing over and over and over again. So when that happens, that means that you're, you've got something in your mind and you're logged in and it's the only way you think things will work out for you. So when you're deadlocked like that, God has to come in and bring you another answer. And see, we don't think that the change is going to have to come to us and through us in order for us to get what we want. We just think we're waiting on God to give it to us. And he's waiting for us to open up so we can change. He wants to change us from so much natural looking and believing and thinking and imagining. And well, I just imagine him coming down just like he did other people. I heard about he, you know, he did this or did that. Well, the woman with the issue of blood had heard us that she heard about Jesus. What did she hear? She didn't hear nothing about nobody slipping up behind him. See, she had to go for what she heard that was basic truth. She knew he could do it. That much she heard. And she heard that he was no respecter person. She must have because she got an idea that she would fit in too. She just didn't know how. And as she began to meditate, change her mind, she changed the way she thought. Because she's thinking, I can't go and ask him to lay hands on me. And God honored that. He said, I don't have to have him lay hands on you. I'll tell you a way you can get it without him even knowing you got it. She said, I like that. Huh? Because she'd been slipping out of the house a lot of time without being detected. So he finds a way to connect with what you already believe. But she wasn't supposed to, excuse me, the Holy Ghost is talking now? I don't want to come up with your do's and your don'ts. You know, everybody know the law. We know what's right and we know what's wrong. We talking about a higher law right here. We talking life and death. If this don't change some kind of way, this lady ain't going to be here. You think God would, would hold her to some law? And she's dying? James 5.14 says if you committed sins, you're forgiven. Even on your deathbed, he ain't going to let you die. If you want to be healed, you can be forgiven on your deathbed and get your healing. 
Come on now, what kind of gods y'all think we serve here? Are you not looking at your do's and don'ts? Because he know what you do. And he know about what he, you gonna do when you get about that sick bed. Won't be long before you back out at the mall. Well, I can't get up and walk, but I'm gonna call QVC. I know you will, girlfriend. He knows it too. He healed you anyway. You understand what I'm saying? Back out running bills up again, nervous. Just got healed. Huh? <laughs> Praise the Lord. God is good, folks. He's good. So, so then Jesus looks at this guy and he says, he's repeated this like three times already. I gotta get this guy off of where he's at and move him over. I gotta give him a new thought. Amen. That's what we all need when we get stuck. We need a new thought. Amen. Sometimes that new thought that comes to you is, is something you already know, but you're not applying it in this situation. You got me? Oh yeah, I heard that scripture before. Well, do it. <laughs> Now's the time to apply it. Don't tell me what you heard before. How come you ain't working it? Amen. So when God gives you the tool that's going to get you to the next step, you got to use that tool. You can't use something else that's more familiar to you. Amen. And this is where we get in trouble. You know, sometimes, you know, you'll tell people, I'll tell people, I say, well, walk around a little bit. and, Well, how come I can't just do this a little bit? You want to be healed or not? Are we on the same page? I thought you was wanting something from God, you know? If you can get people out of themselves, major job, folks, major job. Somehow when people get in a church, they want to tell you more than, than you know, you understand and listen. They got an answer for everything. Amen. So we have to drop that kind of thinking. You can't, if you had, if that man had answers, he would never walked all the way there to find Jesus. Amen. So you don't have none. And God knows you don't have none. Say, Jesus, you know what? I'm fresh out of ideas. Say, good. That's just where I want you. Amen. So this man has to come up in his faith. Now Jesus has already got some examples of people whose faith he commended, you know, that we know about. We know about the centurion with the sick servant. Jesus, I'm not worthy for you. Just tell him, just speak the word, you know, and my servant will be well. That's the highest level of faith. That's the God kind of faith. So that you can believe just at his word. Take God at his word. That is the highest level of faith. That's the Abraham brand. Amen. That's what we all, that's what we all say we have. Or we all, you know, I'm Abraham's heir. I'm heir according to the promise. I'm heir of all things, just like my father Abraham. Amen. They used to just sing a little song. It's the day of independence for Abraham and his descendants. You know, all that kind of stuff. So we all are blessed with faithful Abraham. So we got to show our faithfulness to the word too. So Jesus talks to this man and he, he, when he says this, sees this man is stuck here. You got to come down here. That's all I'm believing for. That's all I know about you. That's all I can tell you about you. That's all I can, you know, he's stuck like a broken record. 
So Jesus has to come in and give him a new thought to get him off of that broken record. Because a broken record ain't going to work. And Jesus knows it's not going to work. He He is a God of foreknowledge. If he tells you to do something, it's because he knows the way you're trying to do it is not working, never going to work. I don't understand why God usually, usually by this time, God then gave me this, that, and well, it ain't working now. So you got to have something new. Amen. You got to understand that God has all kind of new stuff for us. The other thing that we never take into account, this is, this is the thing, is, is the, the tactics of the enemy to block and to thwart our our answer by working in familiar patterns sometimes sometimes the way you usually do stuff the enemy's got that blocked up 16 ways see we don't like hearing that we want to think it's, like, yeah, it's just between me and god he gotta send my stuff from heaven i'm just twisting it until he get my stuff because i know i can get my stuff i always scream for my stuff he get my stuff you know but you got to understand that, that there's an enemy out here that is blocking and trying to keep us from getting. You understand what I'm saying? It's like the minute you decide to do something to break an old pattern, you know, it, it's, you know, that the enemy tells you it's not going to work. Don't do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. So you get enough confidence to do it anyway. After you do it, he said, I don't know why you did that because that definitely ain't going to work. You understand what I'm saying? He's relentless. And so he wants to talk us out of our faith. It's all about protecting your faith. So Jesus tells him, he says, he keeps telling that this guy keeps telling them the same thing over and over. If you don't come down, my kid's going to die. Amen. If you don't come down, my kid's going to die. If you don't come down, my kid's going to die. What do you think he was thinking the whole time his walk all the way to where Jesus is after he left his house? If he don't come down, my kid's going to die. If he don't, you know, by that time, this man has convinced himself that it won't work. Look at Job. Lost everything he, he worked hard to accumulate from in one, one day. It was all gone. Why? Well, he gave you the answer. He said, the thing I feared greatly. He was consumed with fear of losing everything. Why? He didn't really know God. He knew him, but he didn't know him. See, we can know God, but you gotta know, you gotta get in your bass voice. Know God. Amen. Amen. You gotta get deep. Deep calls unto deep. So here this man is and he's telling Jesus one way we can know this is only going to work one way. Jesus, you got to, I mean, it's got to work. You got to come with me. I'm telling you, if you don't come, I say, oh, he's going to die. If you don't come down, he's going to die. Well, this man's locked into this. So Jesus has to unlock his brain and his tongue from confessing this. Amen. So he tells him, Jesus said, just go home. He's alive. He's living and he's going to continue to live. So he convinces this man of another way of thinking. Now, how many of you know that God's word is alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two edged sword? 
Because you know what? You can be, you think to yourself, well, how is it this man has been thinking this for all this long time? And then all of a sudden, one word from Jesus, and he flips over. Because that word came in in power. It came in, it, God won't say it to you if it won't cut through nonsense and make you a believer. Now, he knows what to do to get the right anointing on that word so it makes a big difference in you. And that's what he did. Amen. He spoke that word to that man in such a way that that man could not not obey it. All he had to do was add faith to it. See, when you're when you're thirsty, a drink of water is like everything to you. You consume it all. And that what Jesus gave him in this word was a drink of water. You mean to tell me I don't have to wait until you come to my house? My boy's alive now. Everybody, you you want you believe it because you want to see it come to pass. That's like the miracle you were afraid to think would ever happen. And he's told you it's going to happen. Amen. So it's that kind of good news that brings a shock to your system. Amen. It's the kind of news, you know, it's the, the girl who never got invited to a prom. And then Prince Charming comes up, and got a ring and her foot ain't too big for that shoe. That's like a dream come true, man. Even if the shoe was a little tight, she said, if it, it ain't hurt. <laughs> My corns don't even have the body bother me tonight. You understand what I'm saying? Let's, just, let's get this together here. This is the chance of a lifetime. So many times the word of God will come to us like that. It's like the best news ever. Almost too good to be true, except your faith is accepting it. Jesus knows how to feed your faith. That's what it means when he says he's the author and finisher. He won't stop until your faith does what it's supposed to do. Amen. So you might as well sign up for it and hang on for the ride because he's going to keep working at developing your faith. He's not going to quit. He's not a quitter. And he's going to cause you to be not a quitter too. Amen. And so when, when, when this man, when he comes to Jesus and Jesus said, go your way, your son is alive. And the man believed the word. All he had to do was switch over from believing his son was going to die if Jesus didn't come to believing that his son was going to live. That's good news. That's good news to anybody. You got people in, in, in hospitals waiting on just a drop of encouraging news from a doctor. You know, and they'll run off and believe that. Well, think what a word from God will do to you. Will totally upset your world. Amen. It'll turn it upside down. And that's what he wants to do. And it says here, and he went his way. Amen. Faith obeys the command of God. Jesus told him, go home. In other words, disconnect from me because I ain't going with you. But you go home because your son's living already. Amen. Everything you asked for has been already granted. And so this man believed him and he turned around and went home. Suppose he'd hung around for another session of the Jesus meeting. You know how religious people get. Well, you know, Jesus, he getting ready to perform some signs and wonders. That man said, uh-uh, brother, I got mine. I'm going home. I'm obey the prophet. I'm going home. Amen. 
his faith was shown in going home and expecting. And see, every step he made, his faith increased. Why? Because if you're going in, in, you're going in faith, as you're obeying faith, it increases. This is winting. It's like the ten lepers. As they went, they were cleansed. Amen. As this man went, his, every step he took, his boy got better and better and better. That he started to get healed from the moment this Jesus spoke that word and that man believed him. Because we want to see our faith work. Amen. And this is very important for him. And so it says, and, and he's spoken, as a man believed the word that Jesus had spoken to me, it went his way. And he was, as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, your son's alive. And this man begins to see, he, Jesus put a different picture in this man's head. Amen. At first, he had a picture of if he don't get back home in time, his son was going to die. And you know that was going to happen. If he was waiting, if it was going to take another day, he wouldn't have made it. Amen. Now, Jesus could have prolonged his life, but he'd rather let put faith in him. Let that man go home in faith. You know what I'm saying? With some of us, when we get nervous about stuff, man, that's going to be a long walk for Jesus. You know, no, I ain't going with this brother in this condition. I'm going to have to calm him down there and get some water and get some horses and get some everything. Invent the airplane so we can get there. You understand what I'm saying? You don't want to walk miles with somebody who's falling apart. If you can put a word in him to make him come to life and believe, why not? That's the best way for all of them. So the best way is for this man to change his believing. From something he can see in the natural, Jesus doing everything. No, you believe Jesus has done it already. If you can do that, this boy will live. And then he began and he inquired of these servants of his as to when the boy began to amend. And they said yesterday at the seventh hour, that fever left him. See, this man is invested now. He's invested in this new kind of faith that Jesus just told me about. See, once your faith gets activated, you're invested in it. You want to see it come to pass. Amen? Everybody does. Don't tell me, well, no, nah, no, nah, that ain't necessarily true. It needs to be. You need to be invested. Now, I just want my stuff. Well, you're going to miss the most of it. Amen? Because this ain't about stuff. I tell you right now, it's not about stuff. Amen. And so the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son liveth. And he believed in his whole house. So Jesus is looking at converts. This is kingdom. See, this is this is going to help this man, but this is a kingdom thing. See, Jesus can look at it and say, look, devil, look what I just stole from you. All I did was gave that dude one word. You worried him the whole time. You got his son sick. Then you messed with his mind the whole time, walking here to get to see me. When he got in front of me, he was like a limp dish rag. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you worried about something. By the time you do pray, you, you're falling apart already. So Jesus has to put this man back together again. That's virtue. 
How is this man going to walk all the way back home if Jesus didn't put a word of strength in them too? See, your faith is for more than your goodies and your stuff. It gives you virtue. It gives you confidence. It gives you an ability to believe for more. See, when this man shared what happened, he said, you won't believe this. He said, I actually went to Jesus and begged him to walk home with me. How crazy. He said, I'll never do that again. And next time I'm going to see if he can give me a word that I can believe so that I can make some changes. Because if I had had a word of, of healing for my son, I would have got him healed before I even, I wouldn't have had to make that whole journey. Amen. So now this man's hungry for more of Jesus, more than what, give me some more of that word you just gave me. Look at what it did to my whole family. Amen. And so the whole house converted and and began to believe God. So this was Jesus' second miracle. Amen. Miracle meaning something that will upset and change things at Cana. So Cana was the place it was his second miracle. Amen. When he came out of uh, of, uh, Galilee. So, so the principle here is there is a thought in our minds that has to be converted. If, if it hasn't happened now the way you're thinking, ask God to give you a new thought. Get in your word and find your new thought. Don't sit up and, oh God, just, you know, give me a word of knowledge. No, you go read your Bible. Don't give me that shortcut like Jesus come to my house and pray for my son. Don't dump it on me. You can believe for something different. Amen. So God always wants to elevate our faith. Amen. Amen. So, so this man, when he got home, you know, when, when he began to talk to Jesus and Jesus told him, go your way, your son lives. That man had a choice to not believe and argue with Jesus. No, you got to come. I mean, I, I just, you know, you went to so-and-so's house and so-and-so's house. See, that's all natural thinking. He wants us out of that realm because natural thinking is very limited. You can do more in God for God and receive more from God by believing his word and applying his word to situations. By his stripes, you were healed. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Just send your word and heal my son and deliver him from his destructions. So Jesus knew that he had to put a word into this father for the son. See, it wasn't like the uh, centurion with the sick servant. That man came to Jesus believing in his authority and believing in his word. Jesus had to put a new word into the father because the father was expecting death. So the father had to be converted to expecting life. That's what he has to do with all of us. You got friends that come down with cancer and you find out they're sick. Somebody's got to put a word into them. No, God, God's healing him. He's already healed them. We'll just hold on to God's word and thank God for it. Amen. Now we can say that about everybody. Religious people want to wonder, I wonder if God really is going. See, if you're in there, you ain't the one. Don't go to nobody's hospital. Don't just, just you wait and show up at the funeral. Sorry, but you know what I'm saying. Anybody can believe God's word. 
If you can believe you're saved, you can believe you're healed. You just got to get a new thought. But quit being so prideful and thinking the way you've been thinking forever. Ask God for a new thought. God, tell me something different. I just, I done walked down this road so much and I got ruts in the road. Wore my shoes out. Amen. You ain't doing as good as Israel did. At least their shoes didn't wear out. They was walking in ruts, but the shoes was still good. Amen. So we got to get off the merry-go-round, folks. You know, of, oh boy, here it is again. And I don't know when or how long it's going to take it. Oh, just get you a new thought. Ask, ask God for a new thought for you. God put something in me. That's going to break this unbelief once and for all. That's going to give me confidence. That's going to give me uh, faith for you. That's going to give me virtue. That's going to give me strength. That's going to cause me to ride upon the high places of doubt and fear and all things. I don't want to sit here and dwell on fear, God, but I am so scared. You got me? Give me something else, God, because I know this is not from you. So faith pleases God. We've got to know that God must be pleased. You've got to show him how far you're willing to stretch. Let him stretch your faith so that you could believe for the miracle. Amen. So we, we forget sometimes how we've got to please God with our faith. We get jealous of people sometimes because they're able to seem so, so easily to get certain needs met. Well, you got to understand that they please God. If they're getting it from God, it's because they please him. So dig in there and find out what they're doing to please him. You understand what I'm saying? You can do it too. So when your faith pleases God, you will receive what it is that you need from him. And he will give, give you the word like he gave this man the word that his son was healed. He said, believe you receive it when you ask him. You have it. And he turned around and went home. He said, go home. Your son's alive. Don't go no place else but home. Go straight home. Don't take no detours. Don't take no funny curves in the road. Just go straight home. Amen. Why? Because you're carrying life on the inside of you. You just can't go in. You know, pregnant women just can't eat whatever they want to eat. They got a baby to feed. You know, that baby don't like what you had this morning. He gonna let you know. Amen. So you're going to have to feed him something else. He said, that ain't working. And so we have to understand that when we carry the word of God as be carried in a certain way, you can't, God doesn't want you going by nobody, your best girlfriend. Guess what God told me? Best girlfriend going to turn into a raving maniac if they find you get a real prophecy from God. I can't tell you the people told me this wasn't a real ministry, what we were doing. God didn't tell you to do that. That don't even look right. You don't have enough people. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you don't tell them. I got used to telling nobody nothing. People come up to me and, and want to befriend me or nice to me. I'm go home and pray about it first. I said, I ain't used to this kind of treatment. <laughs> Usually everybody tried to tell people not to come to the meetings, put curses on me, all kind of stuff. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, you know, you learned how to not to. I mean, I want to be a putty tat, you know, and rub up against everybody, you know, meow. But I had to learn how to be a porcupine sometimes, you know, keep people. 
Why? Not because I don't like people. I love people. I'm trying to preserve what God put me here for because I let the devil take that and I'm done for. I ain't here no more. You understand what I'm saying? So so we have to learn how to follow the instruction of God. He didn't tell that man to go, you know, stop by the inn here and this place here and you just go by here. No, you go straight home. And I think the more that man walked, the more excited he got about what he was going to see because that's what faith does. It puts you in a place of expectancy. Amen. He did not say they did not. The Bible did not say he was shocked when those people told him his son was alive, even though that's permissible. You know, you get an answer, you pass out sometimes, you know, because unbelief has to leave some kind of way. But but definitely you'll get what it is that you're believing for. But you got to let God switch you up a little bit. Got to get out of natural. Got to get out of time zones time expectations judging god according to how much time it takes amen we have to leave those things behind and pick up the new idea that god is giving us he'll give us power give us our answer but that word's going to change you because you got to live with that word see that man took that walk home long enough for that word to work on the inside of him and do a work in him to change him and see, he probably meditated all the way home. My boy's alive. My boy's gonna live. He, he was a whole different man going home than he was coming there. Amen. And that's the difference that faith in God makes. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for answers. Thank you, Lord, that you can change our thinking. And when we need to change our thinking, you know how to do it. You know how to tell us what to believe and how to believe. So Lord, we honor you. We bless you, we praise you, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives today. We thank you, Lord, for how you're helping us, how you're blessing us in all things. We honor you today, Lord. We love you. Thank you, Lord, that as we commemorate Palm Sunday, we think about the time that you were about ready to give up your life. You have one more week to live. But we know that there was joy set before you. It wasn't a hard week in a lot of ways because you anticipated what you have now in the body of believers who are in this world. And we love you that you included us in it, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, my kids. He likes that. He told me that. <laughs> he likes that. Amen. So don't be shy about showing your love to the Lord. Amen. Amen. So if anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you now.